Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Scream, it's the Taz Show. Everybody hacking, everybody just wants more with the action. Hip Hop Jones got the music blasting. Better watch out, it's all he's asking. Over like Rover, he keeps it real, he's no joker. Original, he's no poser, no competition, he's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer, cause it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. All right, all right, here we go. Yep, 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 yep. Another week. Monday, kicking off the Taz Show. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. <laughs> yes. As I said, that's how we're going to rock this from now on. Yeah. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the Taz Show. If you're listening live on the Radio.com app, thank you. Or maybe you're listening live at TazShow.com. Thanks. Or maybe you're listening to the podcast version of the show, which drops every day on Radio.com or at TazShow.com, or on the Radio.com app, unless you live in the UK, uh, with the live stuff, or iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn. Thank you, thank you for pulling the show in your life. If you want to call the show, you can. Get a lot to talk about here, some NFL stuff, some wrestling chatter, a little Raw preview. Preview. Get ready for this week coming up. You got NXT pay-per-view coming up on uh, the TakeOver, and they're doing a little War Games. They're doing that on Saturday. Then you got Survivor Series Sunday. It's going to be a busy week at the Taz Show. And I'm actually going to um, talk a little bit about War Games, the old one, in this episode here. So if you want to call the show, talk about any of that stuff you can or whatever else you want to talk about, the number is 866-475-2948. Yeah. 866-475-2948. So you can do that if you would like. Uh, no problemo, amigos. Uh, let me say hello to the biz dev guy of the Taz Show, the audio producer. Yes, his name is, well, they call him Dirt Sheet. They call him Lumberjack, Lumber Biscuit, uh, Round Ass Jones, Dennis Jones. Welcome to the Taz Show. Thanks for having me. Yes. All right. So uh, we have Anthony is the guest call screener today. Anthony, the video producer extraordinaire. He is the guest call screener, as I say. Yes. Uh, apparently, Pat, our uh, former, uh, well, uh, he's kind of like our regular call screener now. Pat is on some kind of a campaign. I don't know what's going on with him. You know, guys know Pat McGroin, the uh, man who lost in the city of Councilman for New Jersey. Woo! So Pat, Pat, Pat did the job. And, uh, yeah, so he's, he's running around running amok right now. So he's not here. Uh, so, yeah, so Anthony is the guest caller extraordinaire uh, today. Yes, yeah, so you guys can call and say hello to Anthony. Say, hey, how you doing, you jobber? You can do that if you'd like. If you don't want to call mark. You could do whatever you people want to do. All I know is a rough week in the football world for the people involved with the Taz Show, including me. Um, and I will get into that in this episode uh, for sure. I'm not going to do that in segment one. We'll do it in this show, though. I promise you. And any other, uh, it kind of was a kind of a, was a little bit of a slow news week as far as you know covering, you know, some of the stuff that the other people cover. I don't cover, so I mean, stuff that I think is. Worthy enough for you people to get my opinion on, meaning like for me to give my opinion on, you know, shit that I care about. Like some of the stuff like, you know, I got Randy Orton drawing back and forth on Twitter with Kevin Owens. I mean, yeah, it's there's some uh, there's some bite there that they, they kind of took some heavy shots yesterday on Sunday at each other. 
I mean, but, you know, I mean, I, who knows? I mean, in this day and age with the way social media is and how smart uh, wrestlers are and, and, you know, people from the business and promoters are, you know, who knows, man? Who knows, like, uh, what's a work, what's not a work? So I, I think it's good business to do that. Um, definitely because you're going to get a lot of people who hook on. You're going to get buzz, and social media is like a, a cancer that just travels throughout the Internet. So, you know, it just people just grab onto it and it just spreads like wildfire. So, you know, why not? It's just that, you know, if it's not, um, I don't, don't want to be rude here, but if it's not a shoot, if it's not on the up and up, it's not legit. Like, ah, I'm not going to get sucked into a, a, something like that. I mean, I, I just, my opinion, I'm not, I don't have no proof that what Kevin and Randy were doing was a shoot or a work. And I, and I obviously respect both those guys, but, you know, look, it's it's a simple deal. Randy Orton's part of SmackDown. Randy Orton, Orton is on Shane McMahon's team for the SmackDown versus Raw Survivor Series traditional matchup on Sunday. We had Shane McMahon's team against Kurt Angle's team. And Randy Orton, as I said, he's on that SmackDown team. Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn got sent home from the European tour and... For conduct unbecoming or whatever the reasons are, whatever happened, and there are reports that they're going to be at SmackDown this Tuesday. That's what people are reporting. Uh, so what am I getting at with all this? Well, I, I don't, the storyline is that Kevin Owens and and Sami Zayn are disgruntled. Shane McMahon said that to them on SmackDown. Said to them, "That's why you guys aren't on Team SmackDown. You're not team players." I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that was the overtone and overview of what they said. Of what Shane said. Uh, so Randy being on that team, why wouldn't he take a shot on social media? It looks like a shoot. Just me being conspiracy theory Jones. Why wouldn't he take a shot? He should take a shot at Kevin Owens. You know, hey, yeah, I stopped vaping, which is funny because, you know, I don't know if you noticed, Dennis, uh, the, when they were talking about the vaping, you know, ca uh, the captain used to be the producer attached was a big vapor. Big. I remember you mentioning that. You asked me oh. when, when I first started, I remember you asked me, you were like, Hey, would you mind picking up vaping? I would just like some consistency yeah. between the two. <laughs> Buy a hat. Exactly. He, you know, this captain, just to get off the topic for a second, this captain one time, just between you and me, Dennis, he tried to set up on the 44th floor in the corporate offices of CBS Radio a whole vape station to, to explain to people how to vape in the office. Crazy. <laughs> you know, Nuts. the vape initiative never took off here, and that's a shame. Well, speaking of vaping and that type of stuff, uh, does uh, the video producer extraordinaire guest call screener, Anthony, does uh, he have a microphone in front of him? I do. That's yes. Um, and are you into this vaping stuff that the kids are doing now? Um, no. I think it's a, it's a fad. I mean, I vape, just not uh, tobacco hey, vapes. Hey, you know what I say to callers when they call the show and they have their computer on behind them and I can hear myself? I tell them lower the voice, the, the audio. Remember that? Know how to do that sometimes? Uh-huh. I'm telling you the same thing because I can hear myself. Um, I don't want to make this awkward, but I don't I don't okay, have the, the stream up right now. It's not really awkward. It just means it's Dennis' fault because he's in charge of the audio. Thanks he for joining the stuff. show. Man. Take care, man. Bye-bye. That went well. <laughs> Let's talk a week. We need to have an ant and pat off. The Pardon? two, the two, an ant and pat oh. off. The two of them just have go them back and forth. They're both hip hop artists. Let's be honest. 
It's actually not a bad idea. Put that on the dock. We'll do that in production. We'll have a chat about that. It's actually not a bad idea. So what I was saying was, I'm fine. I'm in the. I'm by the. By the way, final stages of the cold here. I'm just wrapping up. I mean, I'm like an animal. I'm just getting past it. I'm just almost there. I'm sounding like myself. I'm very close. Very close. So, um, the thing is, like, I, you know, you don't know what's on social media. You know, you don't know what's a work, what's not, and and that's good. That's good. That's what I think. If I was wrestling now, or and I was an on on air character in wrestling. Uh, how popular and powerful social media is as a tool, I would use it also. I would definitely use it. Um, but me as a broadcaster and as a guy with a platform with a show, like I do here, that doesn't mean I have to um, get sucked into everything that I see on social media between wrestlers, no matter if I respect them or not. I don't know if I buy this whole thing because, like I said, the story is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are more or less disgruntled. They're not on Team SmackDown, and um, Randy is. And Randy took a shot saying that, uh, you know, you and you guys are not here on the tour. Uh, basically, I talked about vaping for a reason. I should give a backstory for those that don't know. You have uh, Randy Orton's that, that tweet exchange available, Dennis, or if you can get it, just so you can read it to the folks. I do Maybe have that it. Oh, look at you, and begin. So Kevin Owens took a picture. Um, he surprised some fans this weekend by going. He showed up at a wedding uh, and took pictures with the bride and groom. So Randy Orton quote tweets that and says, of course he stopped by. It was a dessert party. <laughs> Which is that's pretty that's, stiff. That's something yeah, you would say would to me. You. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that oh, glad we're on the same page. Uh, so Kevin Owens just responds simply, "You vape," and then Randy Orton comes back with, "I actually quit vaping the Europe this European tour, but you wouldn't know that because you ain't here." And then Kevin ends with, "By the way, that uh, I got so excited for a second, I thought you said you would quit the company." Congrats on quitting vaping, though. That's great. By the way, that's the best comeback you've blown in years. Oh, jeez. <laughs> blown comeback means uh, a lot of you people that know all the inside terms, you, you don't even know what that means, and you think you do. Um, I, no, nah, because I, I know what he means, but it, it's it's not what people think it is. It sounds like what, what, when, when you read that last one right there, what did you think it meant? See... I had a feeling it was an inside wrestling term, so I just interpreted it as uh, like blown, like vape smoke, and I knew I was wrong. Oh, okay. wow! Look, you just <laughs> read direction, Markology Jones, Con Man City. That's you, and um, yeah, Con Man. That's my new thing with Dennis. That's it. That's you. You are a Con Man. That's well, you it. you've drilled it into my brain that I'm always wrong. So now when I read yes. something and I think that I'm, I'm like, um, um, that's probably a wrestling term. I'm just like, nah, you know what? It's wrong. Let me interpret it how my small brain would. They but see, that's good. Right there, what you just said is how I want my audience to feel. I want them to feel like they're always wrong when it comes to this type of stuff. That's, yeah, be, that's great. Be Taz. as dumb I listen, as I, am. I, listen, I Yeah, I listen to Taz's show, so I feel stupid. Man, that was smart. <laughs> that's nice, right? No, no. I'm obviously being sarcastic, but you don't know what it means. And um, I'm sure there are people right now, well, let me go on. Uh, let me go on one of the dirt sheets and find out what that means. Blown. Whoop, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Snot Rocket Jones. I gotta. Whew, I'm hogged up here, bro. It's just taking deep, taking decongestions, decondet, decondet. 
Help me. Decongestive. Bingo. Yes. Decongestives. The pill. Exactly. And I'm going to have that. So anyway, um, you know, so why wouldn't Randy go on there and take a shot like that and go back and forth? I, I don't know whose wedding that Kevin Owens just popped up at. I'm sure it's someone he knew. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, did he just pop up at like someone's wedding? Like, how you doing? Kevin Owens is here. Like, is that what happened? I honestly think it was just some random fan's wedding. <laughs> he just like travels around catering halls and just walks in. Hey, look, it's Saturday night. Got to be a wedding. I hey, mean, Unless the, the groom's in it. Like, the groom just tweets the picture and he says, wow, Fight Owens Fight just stopped by my wedding dessert party in Epcot. Made this day even better. Thank you. Oh. So maybe he's just touring Disney? No, no, no. Um, but anyway, so so the thing is, like, I'm not saying that um, that Randy and Kevin Owens set this up. That's not what I'm implying. I'm not saying that either. I, I just, what I mean is, Randy probably took it upon himself to take a shot at him, and they bob back and forth. So if they end up doing something against each other, there's more meat to it. You know, it works. It works. I mean, we're kind of seeing that pretty heavily, right? Wouldn't you think? With with the IC champ and the US champ, with, with Corbin and uh, and uh, Miz, right? Very good point. Yeah, I'm just saying. it's, And I think WWE is going to go full throttle. I said this last week. They're going to go heavy, heavy duty with this type of stuff. More and more here and there, here and there, due to the fact they saw how good of a job Jericho and uh, and uh, what do you call Kenny it? Omega. Did with it? Kenny Omega did with it. Omega is this guy is not just a tremendous wrestler and a, a massive star at, in New Japan, just the guy, but he, he's he's uh, also an internet sensation. Like the, the wrestling community online worldwide loves this guy, and they should. He's phenomenal, and uh, you know. When Kenny was on the show, Omega, and I'm going to try and have him on the Taz show here again soon, just so you guys know, okay? When he was on, now, Dennis, you weren't the producer when Kenny Omega was on, right? No, I was. I was here for that. How could I forget that? (laughs) (laughs) Ant, were you part of the show uh, when Kenny Omega was a guest? I was. I was. That was uh, one of my favorite interviews you've done. I don't do interviews, sir. What do I do, Dennis? Conversation. Uh, he oh, thanks, himself. Dennis. Dennis, you sound like Anthony for a second, but okay. I've been working on it. <laughs> Depth shot last week. Who won between Dennis and Anthony? I think last week I can concede that Ant probably ended up ahead. Yeah, I think he did. But but see, now here's the problem: is like I feel like Pat's permanently number one just because he's oh he's over the report. Pat the rapport you and him have are second to none. The chemistry? Is that the word you're looking for? Yeah, rapport. Chemistry. You know about the chemistry? Taz, you had such great chemistry with Seth. Yeah, oh, that's God, true. Seth. I have great chemistry with anyone. <laughs> Seth is gone. Oh, my God. The show's going to fall. Who's this guy with a beard? The captain? Oh, my God. Wow, look at this. Fast forward too much. Buy a hat. Taz, you have such great chemistry with the captain. Oh, my God. Captain's leaving. The show's going to fall apart. Oh, Taz, the show is gone. Oh, who's this? Overweight ginger man. Whoa. Dennis Jones? Dennis Jones. Oh, my God. Oh. You're forgetting. You're right. You're right. You're right. I did not. No one really said, though, that Robbie and I had good chemistry. So. <laughs> okay, fair. 
that might be the only guy. So, but I love Rob. Robbie's so happy his Vikings won yesterday. Oh, Lordy B. He was at the game. He was texting with me. He was in D.C. He went to the game. He was all fired up. So, uh, I'm happy for him. Oh, my God. That is John. The chemistry with you and Taz. Oh, my God. The chemistry. Oh. Now, Pat. Pat's new guy. Pat McGroin and Taz. The chemistry is amazing. <sighs> I'm Pat McGroin. I'm a simple man and the best of what we got. Woo! Just don't understand that I am the man that's just flat out simple. They just don't get it, Dennis. You understand. No, I you know. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm like, watching that. Yeah, continue. Continue! Especially when you're at the, the Rage Cave and people around here, they're walking tall and they think like, oh, you know, huh, huh, no Tez. Nothing. And I, I got to put them in their place. I said, guys, he's coming back. And he's got a list of people's names, and it's not like Santa Claus, and you're in trouble. They will, you're you're feared around here. I make sure that that continues when you're not in present. Yes, yes, you damn right. They don't know when I'm popping up this week either. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, and I walk in, I'm cocking a walk Jones too. You damn right, I'll mow you over. I'm seeing some up. Uh, Feel bad. Shano, a regular fan of the Taz show. Any update on the radio.com app not being available outside the US? Is Dennis Jones still looking into it? <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. Dennis Jones. <laughs> Lazy ass Dennis Jones. You mean the producer? Yeah, right. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, Chris Wall said, Yep, this sucks. Uh, pity they can't just run audio through the old stream. Listen. If fans, like you guys, and I, I respect and love Chris and, and Shane, they're big fans of the show over in the UK, I can tell you um, the people behind the scenes, all kidding aside, they are trying. They're, they're, I can't get into explaining what the problem is. I know what the problem is. It's it's This time it's not a technical thing. It's more of an uh, international legal thing. Let's just leave it at that. That's all I'm allowed to say. Uh, Dennis, do you know what's going on? Because I kind of do. Did you hear about this? So not really. No, that I'm. That's not a loop that I'm kept involved with. Yeah. So I just found out about this over the weekend. So they are trying to find speaking of loop, a loophole to get the show back running on the Radio.com app, the live show. You know what I mean? Um, there's and the other thing to you people in the UK that want to hear it live, and I do apologize. I do. It's nothing I could do. I, I'm. I know you can't hear me live now, but. You are uh, probably listening to the podcast version. The thing is this. I, I've said it at nauseum. There are massive moves being made internally, structurally, talent-wise, front office, executive-wise, because this merger, we're literally in the middle of the beginnings of the actual merge. It's been taking months for this to happen with Entercom and CBS Radio, months upon months. And now it's all starting to happen. So there was a lot of moving parts as the cliche goes. And there are a lot of things going on right now, guys. you got to just suck it up and deal with it. I apologize. There's nothing I can do about a lot of this stuff. Um, that's why there's a lot of different things going on with us. Some days we're video. Some days we're not. It's a transitional period. You hear people use those words a lot, and that's what this is. It's a transition time. So there's a, there's a lot of – it's. I'm doing my best to make sure I put out programming every day for you guys the best I can every day of the week. Most of the times I'm on here Monday through Friday while this has been going on, there'll be times where I'm not. But but 
and sometimes it's audio live, sometimes it's video live. You know, there'll be video live this week for sure, maybe twice, definitely once. Um, so th- there's there's just a lot going on here. And I feel like a broken record when I say that. But in this company, and now this whole thing that happened, uh, I think last week it started, with the audio, the live audio on the Radio.com app or Radio.com streaming, it's just nothing we can do. Nothing that anybody here on the show can do, you know. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I feel bad because I know that these folks are, um, you know, uh, dedicated to the show. I mean, Chris Walsh, he's a regular, you know, he, he's tweeting, you know, can people in the U.K., uh, you know, Europe, Ireland, listen live? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I feel bad. I feel bad. I mean, Dennis, is there anything you're the producer? Can you do about this? Uh, we can offer our condolences for now. Until no one, until the legalese are, are figured out. I, I know, I know, I hear you. Um, I don't know what to say. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a little bit. I, I wish somebody else from the company would step up and say something, but I always got to be the front man. Nobody else will say anything. Always me. Like, if, imagine that if there was a lead producer that could tell people what's going on. Could you imagine this? Uh, imagine, yeah. you know, if the CBS should really get somebody. Yeah, like a lead producer. Yeah, I think yeah. he would thrive in that role. I could, yeah. you know, is there somebody? I feel like there is one. Yeah, me too. I hear my <sighs> name. <laughs> yeah, people like to have the. They love to have titles. Yes, yeah, Seth, I'm talking about you. They love to have fancy titles, but he's going to hide under his desk about this whole thing. That's what he's doing. It's all Seth's fault. <laughs> kidding it's not it's not Seth's fault some people might think god it really is it's not um but i i think seth me- needs to say make a statement oh i would love if seth made a state like a full documented statement <laughs> just have him be the front man he should be for cbs radio just say here he here he the Taz show <laughs> live stream in the uk is on pause for now because yada 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 that'd be great or he could have Pat read said, it as part of his concession speech. <laughs> no, but he should say yada, yada, yada in it. He shouldn't even explain what's wrong. He's just used yada, yada, yada. That's uh, you know, uh, the Radio.com app, yada, 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 legalese, and uh, <laughs> jumbo, mumbo, jumbo jargon. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically the long and short of it. Thank you. <laughs> that's it. It would be great. really would. Yeah, so we're trying to have a little fun with it, but I feel bad. I feel bad that there's nothing, nothing, uh, nothing. You know, initially this was uh, sometimes sometime last week. I was talking to some people about it in, in ter- internally with CBS. And they're like they had no idea what was going on. Even ask Seth what's going on with Radio.com in UK. He had no idea, but because they were looking into it, and then uh, I think they got confirmation that it was something. It was more of a again, it's hard to explain why. It's something that'll be worked out. It's, it's it's not about just my content. It's music. It's everything. It's not just. I think it's a whole radio.com thing in the in the UK. And so I I just you know it sucks to me to be frank. I I just I'm st- the front man who comes out here uh, as the uh, the the lead host. It's my show, 
and I'm not, sometimes, not always, I'm not given information, and I feel like a schmuck, because I have a massive, uh, and I'm saying this humbly, I don't mean to sound conceited, I have a big fan base that listens or watches the show in the UK. So, you know, I I, I feel bad. I feel horrible about this. And uh, we're trying to get around it the best we can. So that's that. Uh, I'm going to go to break here. Other side of break, I'm going to get to talk about war games. I was actually watching the first war games, and I want to give some thoughts and opinions on some of that. Uh, and uh, talk about maybe what they're doing this coming war games on Saturday. Do a little of this, yeah, Saturday, right? And do a little NFL chatter, uh, rough one uh, for my Bills, Dennis's Giants, and uh, Anthony's Broncos. We're going to do all that. You guys can call the show, do that, and uh, and that's the Tash Show. Sit tight, be right back. Monday edition Tash Show coming at you. Going to talk a little football a little bit. Going to talk about war games. Uh, I was checking it out over the weekend. Uh, but first, I want to let you guys know the support for the Tash Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. See, they understand that the home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And it's simple. That's the best part and the lovely part of Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence you need to make an informed decision for yourself and for your family, which is vital, obviously. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. And to get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. That's rocketmortgage.com slash TAG. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Yes, uh, Rocket Mortgage, uh, for sure, right there. Uh, uh, let's go to Chicago and uh, speak to Brandon. Uh, Brandon, uh, I remember you uh, were one of the calls that called and talked about uh, how awesome Rocket Mortgage was. Or yes, I should say. Yeah, man, I, I got I to gotta give you an update because... I'm I'm actually getting ready to move in within this week. I'm I'm closing the deal. They they got me a um, three bedroom, two and a half bath. Wow. Outside. It's like like ten minutes away from uh, Ripley Field. I'm 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 excited, man. I'm excited. Congratulations, bro. Hey, congratulations, dude. Seriously, that's a big. This is your first home. Yep. See, this is exactly what Rocket Mortgage talks about now. So basically, was uh, I mean? And now, dude, have you and I ever met? No. Nope. Have we ever talked to each other offline, like off the show, like text or or email or phone call? No, no, sir. Like that. Never. So I wouldn't know you if I bumped into you in the street. If I bumped into right. you in the street and you bumped into me, I'm just letting you know. Lift your hand because we're gonna we're gonna throw down. Just don't bump into me and just think I'm accepting. <laughs> no, say just I don't roll like that, bro. I'm just telling you. So uh, no, anyway. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, but so is uh, seriously like this: the mortgage process with Rocket Mortgage. It's as simple as they say, correct? Yeah, man. I, I didn't. I really didn't have um, no issues um, on on their part. It was an issue for me because I was trying to figure out exactly like where I wanted to go. Like you know what I mean? That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, but they 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 worked. With, I told them my budget. 
They work with yeah. my budget, and and you know, they found me That's something, all. some good, man. And good, bro. I, good, man. I'm happy for you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about, or we're good here? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was talking to Andy uh, on the thing, and um, I, I'm uh, <laughs> his devil Bronco, man. I, I, I feel sorry oh. for him, but I, I'm my, my bears ain't doing no better, so. I know. I watched some of that bad game. Bro, 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 I was watching the Bears and the Packers yesterday, right? So I I, I got to tell you, to me, there's nothing better than watching the Bears versus the Packers in Chicago, rain, cold, snow. That's what it was yesterday. It was a rainy, crappy yeah. day you guys had. And that's yeah, football to me. I mean, I, you were there? You were, you were there? Yeah. yeah, I was there, yeah. All right. Yep. I know you guys lost 23 to 16, but I'm telling you right now, man, it was fun to watch the game at home because I gave up on my on my bills. I just stopped watching. I just tapped out, and and I, I just couldn't take it. So you guys actually were a better game. That was the early game as far as a competitive kind of game besides the Jets and the Buccaneers. But for me, anyway, I mean, I know the Lions and Browns had a kind of a close game, but the game I was enjoying watching was the Packers and the Bears. So, uh, but yeah, you guys. It was a good game. I I I had hope towards towards the, toward the like in the second half. I had a little bit of hope, but yeah, uh, it, it, I hear you. Hope about it. But, bro, listen, I'm telling you right now, seriously, all kidding aside, like Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback you guys have from UNC, this kid, this rookie, dude, he's real good, man. He's got a ultra-bright future. You guys have a legit quarterback right there. This kid is legit. Get him some weapons out there, some more weapons. Uh, my man threw for almost 300 yards yesterday, a touchdown, everything. He's yep. legit. The kid is really good. No interceptions. That's right. That's all that matters, bro. Don't turn the ball over, son. All right, well, look, man, congrats on everything, Brandon. I appreciate you, buddy. No problem. Yeah, man. See, that's Brandon Chicago right there. See, that's you got hey, Dennis, you gotta let um you gotta let the you know Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Loans. Let them know. Let, let them know. I know you talk to these guys a lot. Let them know uh that the fans are calling. They that they love this. Let them know. Call the timestamp. That just shows it. how much of a pro's pro you are that you went straight from a pod tra- uh, a Rock and Mortgage live read right into a caller that has used it. Then you had the wherewithal to remember that from previous phone conversation. Look at you. What a guy. It's called being award-winning, sir. It's called being award-winning. And and these are the level uh, – this is the level of talent that I'm at. I'm at a whole different level. I don't even belong in the company. I, I'm above this. Everybody here. Everybody in the whole, the whole company. Everybody. Uh, let's go out to England. David, uh, you're on the Taz Show. What do you say there, Haas? Hi, Taz. It's David. David. Hi, it's Taz. What's up, Dave? How are you? Yeah, good. First time, long time. Oh, interesting. The little yambag shot. Got it. Uh, all right, man. What's going on? So are you able to listen live right now or not? Yes, able to listen live. Um, and I've got a update for the uh, fans in the UK. Basically, what you have hold, to do... Hold on, but Dave, Dave, I want to ask you a question. Uh, before, okay. not ask you a question, I want to make a statement to you, directly to you. Uh, if yep. you are going to promote something that I'm not allowed to promote, I'm trusting you're not going to promote it. That's what I'm saying. It, it's not really promoting anything. It's No, it's not really, no. So you're not listening live on the Radio.com app? I am. You can't. I turned it down, and I'm on. Uh, yes, and I'm on the phone to you right now. Yeah. You're listening live on. How are you doing that? I, I, I'm hearing that people can't do that in the UK. Uh, do you want me to tell you how I've done it? Ex Dennis, I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like we got to know. 
Go for it, bro. Go for it. Go for it. I'm joking around. Okay, right. Basically, I'm using a iPhone. So I've created a US Apple ID using like a just an address in America. And then okay. I've downloaded the radio.com app from the iTunes store. And okay. then I've downloaded I downloaded a VPN um, yep. app yep. as well. Yep. And then I'll just uh, turn the app on and then go onto the radio.com app and there you go. That easy listen to the show. Sounds easy because you seem pretty technically sound. Um, <laughs> you seem like you know what you're doing. <laughs> well, um, if, if you know, maybe if you want to put something out on Twitter and tag the show or me or Dennis or something, we'll we'll let the audience know that are on social media too. You know, but I appreciate you course, saying it. So basically, yeah. you put in like an address of someone you know in the United States, and then uh, like thirteen yeah. thirteen Mockingbird Lane, something like that, and then you run. With yeah. it. I got it. All right, uh, that's yeah. good. I didn't know that's a good way around it. Um. They're going to get this thing resolved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, if they make it uh, official in the UK, then I'll just download it from the the UK app store. Listen, dude, wasn't it available on – it was working over there in the UK initially, right? The the live stream of the show, the audio? Never. No, never, never, never. I thought it was. Yeah, I got some bad information. Okay, I got some bad information. I, I I used to watch the video literally every day. So that's the only mm. way I could listen to the show. Mm-mm. I got you. I'm just curious for just uh, I'm just wondering what you think. Would you let's say would you prefer live video every day or you you want to hear it more than see it because of your lifestyle? You'd rather just hear it? What's your deal? To be honest, I prefer both. It doesn't really bother me. I've got the option to uh, listen to it now. So, yeah, whatever's cool with the Tasho is cool with me. So you want everything. You want audio, mm-hmm. video. You want I'll, it all, right? I want it all. For free. <laughs> That's a Taz Show fan. There I love is. that I attitude. <laughs> I'm the same way. I got to tell you, Dave, I'm no different. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, look, Dave, thanks for the information, bro. Seriously, I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. No worries. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, go on Twitter now and I'll tag you. Yeah, sounds good, my friend. We'll try and get to it later on. I'll have one of the members of the team do it. Take care, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so uh, hopefully that's not illegal what he's doing. But anyway, I digress. Um, is that all the up and up? And you know about the legalese of this. Are we good with this? I I don't know if that's illegal or not. I kind of got what he was saying. It's a little it's 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 a little much of a process, but it's it's good thought. I never thought about it. It's more VPN. of a loophole. It's a loophole more than anything. That's what I was saying. And the guy said it too. You have somebody that you know in. United States and you use their address, then and and that's okay. Then you you know I I would think that's fine. No, don't do, do a fake. Address. I would I would that's... do that in college. So they'd be like, uh, <laughs> like, sign up for a credit card and get a free pizza. And I'd be like, yeah, no problem. And I just send all these credit yeah. cards to my buddy's house. I know, but th- this is not getting a pizza, sir. This is well, content. I mean, uh, I mean, really. So you know, so that's yeah. That well, now I'm hungry. Um, uh, yeah, I hear you. So um, anyway, so I was saying I was watching um, what do you call it? War Games. Uh, I'll tell you, I saw it when it first was live, live back in the day. Uh, I, and and I, I, you know, I enjoyed it like everybody else did. But watching it back years later, in all the years I've had in the industry and as a wrestler and an announcer and just being in the business for so many years, like I, I forgot how awesome this thing was. Like you know, like seriously. You know, like just, it, it, I don't know. I mean, I got to tell you, WWE, 
on Saturday, NXT, Triple H and his crew, which is very talented, these group of young men and women that are just awesome in NXT, the production people, the wrestlers, everything. But they have an ambitious task. If they're going to try to come anywhere near as hot as War Games in 1987 was. Now, I'm not saying they're going to do that. And I'm sure Triple H is not going to try and do that. He's not a dumb guy. He knows he can't replicate and do what they did because of the how long it took for the stories to build up to get to War Games with, you know, Dusty and the, the Horsemen and, 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 and the Warriors and all this stuff. But from, from a buzz perspective, meaning in the building, you know, watching the Horsemen and, and, and the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff, Paul Allen, Dusty Rhodes, uh, watching just the beginning of the match, I remember watching the heat that Arn and Tully had on Dusty. And right from the beginning of the actual War Games match, it really, and this is what great heels do in wrestling, just so, you know, people understand this, like, heels are vital. And Arn and Tully, good Lord, I dare to find better heels than these guys were in their prime. I mean, and as far as a babyface, was there anybody better than Dusty Rhodes as far as selling <clears throat> and getting on the microphone and, and talking about it and getting people and drawing asses into that building? Shit, no, there wasn't. And and watching how the match started with Arn and Tully getting their heat for so long on Dusty until the next entrant got in the ring um, was that really set the tone for everything. And then when Road Warrior Animal got in the ring, and it just, it don't matter who you put in that ring, that place was going to explode. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and Animal obviously being one half of the greatest tag team arguably ever, the Road Warriors, and his he just blew up on both Arn and Tully. And then Dusty was able to get his comeback going on, uh, I believe it was on at the time. It was something to see. And this was the beginning of the match. I urge you, go back and watch this thing wherever on WWE.com or YouTube, wherever you watch it. <clears throat> but the beginnings of that match where Dusty got juice, he was bleeding. Yo, he was bleeding in the beginning of the match. He already got he already got his color, as they say in the business, and um, and it just that heat by Arn and Tully by the heels set the table. So here's my point in talking about the kids today that they got. I don't know on two ends if they have anybody that's strong enough heels uh, that that will be in war games, the new war games. To, to even replicate anything near on and Tully. That's the first thing. Okay, I, I don't I don't think that it's just humanly I don't think it's they don't just don't have it. I mean look they got Sanity uh versus the Undisputed Era versus Authors of Pain and Roger Straw, right? So uh, I just, I don't you know they're all awesome talents, but I just don't it's not it's just not, you know, gonna it, it, it's nowhere near this. Just calling something war games and putting up two rings, if that's what they're doing in a double cage. It, I, I, okay, I'm trying to be nice here, okay? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not trying to be a negative douche, old-timer attitude that you guys that listen to my show a lot know that's not how I am. I, I love the young talent. I, I think they're all great. I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a advocate for pro wrestling and sports entertainment today i want to see all these young men and women succeed all of them but i got to call it like i see it and give my perspective and 
you know, uh, and I, I, it's no blame on the talent, on Sanley or Authors of Pain or Undisputed Era or Roderick Strong. It's none of their faults at all. It's just that you, and it's not even really Triple H's fault, except you, I, I don't know how, why you would just, just throw a name on, on a bunch of, in a match with a bunch of young, good talents, it doesn't make it war games. You know, I, that's all I'm saying. Now, for younger fans that might not have a clue what war games is, no matter what Triple H puts out there, it's going to be cool to them. You know what I mean? Like, so, but there's a bulk of the, the people that are spending money on the WWE network that are going to watch this and they're going to be like, wow, this is not as good as the original war games anywhere close. And so what I'm saying to fans is I don't think that you should even <clears throat> think or assume that it's going to be anywhere close. And it has nothing to do with the ability of uh, the men that will be in the match because they are all ultra talented. I mean, and there, it's going to be, there's going to be some cool stuff that happens in a match. I guarantee you, to be frank, there'll probably be better, it'll be, okay, it'll be better wrestling better crisper spots than it was in 1987. That's a, a fact. You know why? Because at the end of the, te- end of the day, th- th- and I hate to say this, and I'm, I might get some flack, but if you, we're going to stereotype just for a minute, the wrestlers today, the young talent today, are as a whole, this is a bad stereotype. Most people don't say this, what I'm about to say, so hope I don't get killed here. But wrestlers today are better athletes. They're booked as better athletes. They're 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 in better shape. They're not they're not out. Most of them are not out partying and living rock star lifestyle the night before. And these people are training. These people are, are putting good stuff in their bodies. They're 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 you know they're athletes. They're looked at as athletes. They're handled as athletes. They're, they're, especially in the WWE and all companies, not just WWE. These are that's it's a different generation. So that to me, I commend them. I uh, when I was a wrestler. You know, even though I was I was around a bunch of guys that like to have a really good time the night before. Ninety nine point nine percent of my nights before I was in my room going to sleep, I wasn't a partier. I wasn't into all that because I needed to be straight on the level to perform to the level I had to perform. That was me. I didn't begrudge anybody else. I didn't look down on anyone else. But I'm just telling you how I was. I'm just saying, the wrestlers today are, as a whole, they're just better athletes. They are, they're, as a whole, as a complete stereotype whole. Of course, you could look back at time and look at some of the guys that were in that original war games and be like, these are some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And I would not argue some of the greatest acts and wrestlers of all time. There ain't no doubt about that. I mean, from on Tully, obviously, Ric Flair and, and Nikita Koloff. I mean, Dusty, what an amazing performer and wrestler and just the stuff he did. And now I will tell you this. I think that if you looked at those guys that were in 1987 in war games, they were better workers as far as workers, as far as guys who knew how to draw money. But they were, at that time, if you compare the guys from 1987 in war games to this crew that they have in war games this Saturday, you know, look, there's an age difference there too. Those guys that were in war games in 1987, I don't know the ages that they were during that time, but I guarantee you they were older than, than the guys that are in this match this Saturday. You feel, feel me on this, Dennis? Yeah, I'm following that. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, it's, uh, thanks. Thanks for sharing. That was good. Uh, I thought maybe you had uh, a different opinion or an opinion. Instead of just saying, yeah, it makes sense. But hey, you know what? You spit your honest feeling. You're a producer. 
No, mm-hmm. I I like what you're saying. Where I'm, I'm gonna. You have go a with list it. of ages. You have the ages all listed out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can get it if you want it. I'm just curious. Like, I, I, if do you want the originals the or the age? guys today? No, uh, a mix. Like, not not all. Just it, it might take it a whole shot. I mean, it's a lot of research. I'm I, I'm hitting you just at, as we're live. No, just just maybe grab a couple of guys' ages from the original 1987 to the guys this week, you know, this year. I mean, this, right now I should say on Saturday, um, you know, guys, guys like like uh, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and O'Reilly. These guys are great talents. I mean, Eric Young, tremendous. Eric Young might be the oldest guy in that match this Saturday. I would think he's the oldest guy. Uh, Alters of Pain, I guess they're the ones that are going to be. In that road warrior role type thing, you know, uh, it. I, here's my point. I think it's cool that War Games is going to go down, and and War Games is, is it's just watching that original. Like I said, was absolutely amazing. Uh, watched it back, but it takes a lot more than putting up two cages and two rings and giving it the cool name from back 1987. Now we've seen over time the NWA into WCW do fall brawl with war games match in it. And over time, frankly, I think it kind of, it lost its luster for sure. You know, it definitely lost its luster for sure. But, you know, I mean, watching the the match when I watched it, watching guys, it, like I said, just the first, I want to say, shoot, man, maybe seven, eight minutes, you got Arn and Tully in the ring, you had Ric Flair in the ring, you had uh, Road Warrior Animal and Dusty Rhodes in the ring. Like, hello? Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> these are just monster names. You know these, and these guys were over as fuck during that time. They weren't like, they weren't like kids that were just coming up or kids that were really good in the ring. These guys were stars. When they walked out there, the pop. These people in the arena. What was it? Greensboro. Where the hell was the original War Games? I think it was in Greensboro or I want to say Greensboro, North Carolina. I don't even know. I should know that, but I don't know that. I don't know why. But you have it. I'm looking at it now. You get it. Let me know. Uh, I think I first four games took place at the Omni in Atlanta during NWA's Great ah, American Bash. I, I've actually wrestled in the Omni. I know the Omni. So, okay. I wrestled in the Omni years ago. All right. So, these guys were the names that were in that war games, and these guys were massive stars then. I mean, they were so over. Anything that happened, the place popped like crazy. Crazy pops. Crazy. Just think about it. Just the first six, seven minutes of the match, you got Ric Flair who's beating the daylights out of Dusty Rhodes who got big juice, who's bleeding like crazy. I mean, that's before, you know, uh, uh, before the rest of the guys in War Games got in, before Nikita got in, before Hawk got in, you know, before Ellering got in. You know, now Ellering is the only one that, well, because he's the manager of the Authors of Pain that was there at the original War Games. I mean, geez, I, I, I think they should do something with him where you hear something from Ellering. I, I missed NXT last week, so if they did something with Ellering, I apologize because I did not watch NXT. But I will watch it uh, Wednesday uh, to see, you know, um, what what they're doing to promote war games. Because I, to me, it just doesn't, it just feels like they're just throwing it out there. Dude, I'm telling you, I remember watching this the other day. Nikita Koloff comes in and just, once he comes in the cage, the place goes ballistic. And he just starts bouncing Tully and on and 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 Rick, it, it was unreal. Our animal just bouncing Ric Flair all over the place. Rick getting color. 
like, uh, 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 you know, because of animal, throwing him into the cage. Like, this shit was insane. Insane. God. Now, like I said, there were many other war games after this, and I just feel like it wasn't, you know, as time went on and went to WCW and they did it and uh, and different stuff uh, with NWO and all that stuff with it and everything. And it was cool, but not like this. This 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 one that I saw the other day was was unbelievable. The one from back in the day. And watching it back years later, I was like, wow, holy crap. You got any ages, homie? I do. I have every age from the first War Games. Um, I just, just let me hear it. Talk to me. So the Road Warriors, Hawk was 30, Animal was 27. Okay, so let's stop right there. Okay, I, I so right there, okay, then that would... I don't know the ages of um, some of the guys that are in War Games from NXT, but I would assume that a good chunk of the wrestlers, like, uh, uh, you know, Eric Young is probably older than that. 30, I would Eric think Young's that, 37. Okay, and I would bet Adam Cole or Fish or Riley are in, in their late 20s or somewhere in that realm, realm, right? Adam Cole's 28. Okay. Bobby Fish is... 30, Bobby Fish is 38. Wow. Wow, he's 38, Bobby Fish. Wow. That surprised me. He looks no, but, good. See that see that he looks great. He and he's fucking guy's tremendous. I'm a big fan of his work. Tell me more about the guys from 1987, the original uh, so how old were um who else what other days you got the Road Warriors? Who else you got? Dusty was 42. Right. Okay. Nikita Koloff was 29. Right. Okay. Paul okay. Ellering was 34. And then the other side, oh. Flair was 38. Arn Anderson and Lex Luger were both 29. Tully Blanchard was 33. And J.J. Dillon was 45. Wow. So, all right. Now go to the guys from NXT. So we, we already discussed, you said, uh, Orion, I'm sorry, Fish was 36, you said? Uh, Fish was 38. 38. Who's other, what other age do you have for the NXT? Uh, Kyle O'Reilly's 30. Well, he looks younger than 30, but he, he, that kid is just tremendous. I'm just another a big fan of that guy. All right, what else you got? Um, the authors of Pain are respectively, they're young. One's 24, Akam, oh. and Razor is 23. Jeez, they are young, but you know what? Look, man, that's when you got that kind of size. When you're as big as them, and they look and they're, and they're so unique because of their look and the way they talk and everything. Uh, uh, their upside is, oof, these guys are going to be multimillionaires for a long time to come if they keep their nose clean and be smart. What else you got? Roderick Strong is 34. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, e wise, how old? 36. Eric Young, 36. 37. Okay. Killian Dane is 32. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alexander Wolf is 31. Okay. That's everybody. All right. So, so, all right. So I stand a little corrected. So the ages, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dennis, it seems like they're not, you're looking at it. I'm not. You just told me audio wise, and I'm listening to you. 
it seems like their ages were kind of, if you compared the guys from 87 to the guys now, kind of close in age, and it was there was a couple older guys here and there just like there is today, correct? Comparable, yeah. There's no, none of the wrestlers this Saturday were in their 40s. Um, Dusty was in, their, was in his 40s, and J.J. Dillon was in his 40s. Um, Flair was in his late 30s, and and that was it. Paul Ellering and yeah. Tully Blanchard were in their mid 30s, so it's very, very comparable. But yeah, it actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. to your to your point, it goes back to what you were saying last week, where like the Bobby Roods of the world, where these these guys in WWE aren't aren't new; they've been wrestling forever, but they're new for the WWE product, so it feels. It almost feels reinvigorated because these guys have been on the like the Ring of Honor's right. and the New Japan's. Oh yeah, yeah. And and the thing is this, it just goes to show you though, like to be honest with you, your last sentence, I, I was reading something, I wasn't even listening to you. Um, uh, just, <laughs> I really wasn't. Tell, repeat what you said, basically, because I don't want to. Uh, what did you just say? I was saying that last week you were talking about how uh, wrestlers like Bobby Roode, Shinsuke. These guys that have been wrestling forever, they're they're not quote unquote new wrestlers. They're just new in the WWE universe because casual fans just really take in WWE. Where these guys, they're not. Uh, I can I say the the color um, of of grass. I don't want to refer to wrestlers as that. Uh, you could, yeah, well, green is a term that's used obviously in wrestling for young wrestlers, new wrestlers, but it's also used in a lot of things. You could say green. Okay. It's okay. I'm going to allow that to be lifted from ontology. It's okay. I, well, I wanted to ask before I used it. But the like these guys aren't green wrestlers. They're just new in NXT. Like, you know, what Undisputed Era are doing is awesome right now, but these guys were established stars right. in Ring of Honor. That's right. And I'm going to get into this. I'm going to go to break. <clears throat> Outside of break, I'm going to talk about this a little more, and I'm going to talk about uh, the question is this, was it easier or harder for guys in 1987 and 1988 and 1986? Was it easier or harder for them to get regular work and apply their craft compared to the people today? Well, I'm going to speak on this because I actually was wrestling in that era. So I will talk about that. Taz Show, sit tight. Be right back. Yeah, love. I right, was back at Tash on Monday edition. Let's talk about the War Games, nineteen eighty-six War Games. Dennis, you said that War Games. Now that one was at the Omni in Atlanta, and then they come back a year later and they went, I believe, uh, to the Orange Bowl, in Miami. You didn't know that, though, did you? But uh, did how, how big a venue was that? That's when you know you are over when you're working at the Orange Bowl back in the day. <laughs> Seriously, that's what they did, the whole superpowers thing with Dusty Rhodes leading the charge with the Road Warriors, uh, Nikita Koloff, Ellering was there. I mean, it was, uh, it was uh, epic, epic stuff. I mean, but the one from the first one to the second one, just, just great stuff. And so I was talking before the break about is it is it tougher today? Is it tougher for wrestlers to go and, and make a living and get to that level of, WWE or back in the day NWA compared to now. Of course, we discussed the ages of the wrestlers from War Games in 86 
the, the inaugural to what they're doing this Saturday with the NXT uh, talent. <clears throat> so we've established that even though it's many years later, both groups of talent are tremendous workers, uh, talents, wrestlers, uh, all of them from 86 to the guys uh, from NXT today, okay, the ones that are in the war game. So I think this is harder. Was, is it, was it harder back then in 86, 87, 89, uh, 85, 86, during the, the mid to late 80s to get booked at that level uh, compared to now? Well, I, I, I mean, to get booked at that level is hard anytime. But to get to that level of the NWA or WWF at that time, it definitely, in my opinion, was a lot harder. And the reason why I say that is that um, uh, there was a lot of places to work to hone your craft. There was a lot of different smaller independent companies or just companies in general that were doing okay and they were working a lot. The key back in that day, because I broke in in like 86, 87-ish, and um, the key was to find some place somewhere or a, a, a steady diet of being able to get booked to get better. That was the key. I want to work more so I can get better. Because you learned right away the way you got better was not wrestling in a gym or a dojo or, you know, uh, with your trainer or with, with your fellow students. The way you got better was by working in front of the people in front of a live audience. That's how you got better. So it was hard to get booked a lot of times because, and I've talked about this in the past on my show here, a lot of times no one, most of the times no one knew knew the hell you were. They, there was no social media. There was no way, the only way you could get people to know you was to mail them, you know, videotape of you wrestling and hope that they watched it. There was no email. There was no no social media, nothing to no YouTube channels. There was no. If I was a young wrestler today, I would like most of these young wrestlers do. I would take complete advantage of this. I'd have a YouTube channel. I would I would have a Facebook gimmick where I pump out all my matches on there. On Twitter, obviously tagging different companies and different promoters. And you know they, they, now you don't have to worry about the hard copies of sending a resume and sending eight by ten photos. Dude, you know how many eight by ten photos I've sent out in my career? Oh shit! I'm not even sure, bro. You have no idea. You're like a model. <laughs> I used to. No, but you were. Okay, aside, you had to. Yeah. You had to. You think you think most people like you just fall into shit and get a career like you got? That doesn't happen, Dennis. I did. I did get very lucky. I know that. Doesn't happen. I mean, so so you know, I I I used to have this place in Manhattan that a lot of wrestlers would get there. We get their uh, their eight by tens for. Jeez, I want to say they were like forty cents a photo, or so it was that cheap. You'd have to go to a photographer, get photos taken of yourself, and then um, you know, and you would email, not email, no. How would you, how would I do it? I wasn't emailing a photo. There was no, it was, no, it was no email. There's no attachment. I'm saying email. You'd have to send the actual hard copy of the photo. Let's say it was a five by seven photo that you took in a studio. And you would, and I had to pay for this all myself. I had to go to a photographer and get pictures taken in my gimmick. And then you would send it to this place in Manhattan, and you would get like 400 8x10s that were black and white. Lord knows, if you wanted color, that was big bucks. You weren't getting color. I'm not joking. You were getting black and white 8x10s, and they would put text on the bottom with your name, you know? And then they would uh, they would take that 5x7 and make it into a a uh eight by ten photo that was like a matte finish and um they would mail you the box of it 
I did this for years. And what you know, and I I didn't I would have to save the money to be able to afford the box of of photos, you know, because I just didn't have money. Um and I was just one guy like that. There was a bunch of us like that <laughs> all over the world. So it, 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 I feel back then it was a lot harder because the one word, and that's awareness. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. Today, and I'm not ripping on the kids today. I, trust me. Like I said earlier, I'm a fan of them. I'm not, I'm not knocking them at all. But today they have that advantage of having the ability to get more awareness, awareness because of social media. That's why. Um, and their generation is in tuned how to utilize social media because that's the generation they're in. Uh, no matter how good I am at uh, how, let me rephrase that. No matter how good I think I might be at times with different digital stuff and social media accounts that I have, when I talk with my son, who's you know going to be 19 years old, he's like way ahead of me. <laughs> like, you know, I, I feel like a, I feel like a dinosaur when I talk to him. You know what I mean? So it's just the generation. You know, they're just, <clears throat> this is the generation that they're in, and they know. Uh, but younger wrestlers today, I think, have it a little bit easier because y- you can get more awareness on yourself utilizing social media. That's the main reason. And again, it's not a knock on them. And I also think, like years ago, there are a lot of places to wrestle. The difference is this. There's a couple of differences. Now, this topic has a lot to do with the war games from 87 to the war games. Now, trust me, and I'll get into that in a second, it has a lot to do with it. Um, okay. The, the, the wrestlers today, they utilize their social media, which is vital. There is enough places to work, independent promoters, that are booking, that you probably could string together enough work in a month. Maybe you could wrestle, I don't know, six times, five times, whatever, seven times. Some of the guys that are over more are working, and guys and girls, you know, uh, are working a ton more than, than that. Trust me. I'm just saying the average young independent wrestler, they're lucky if they can get six dates um, <clears throat> six dates a, a month. I would assume so. But there are many that I'm working a lot. I, I know that. So don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Um, I, I do think that there's a big difference in – the guys today compared to the guys back then as far as on the small shows. I have to say, from my knowledge and talking to a lot of people for a lot of years in the industry as of late, a lot of these independent promotions, the wrestlers that are on them, they're not, they're, they're, (laughs) it's tough when you say this when you're 50 years old, but I'm going to say it, I guess. (laughs) Because I don't want people to think I'm just I'm I'm hating on the young talent because I'm not. But I think a lot of the younger guys on and girls on the independent circuit aren't as good as a lot of people think. A lot of them are not very good in the ring. Their timing isn't good. Their crispness of physicality isn't good. Um, and most importantly, their psychology isn't good. So you're getting and that's a big stereotype. So believe me, there's a lot of talent that's phenomenal. I know that. I'm not just. But I have to say, back in the mid to late 80s, we had a lot of guys that sucked too. You know, we did. I mean, I know when I first came up, when I was first green, green, I was opening match, I wasn't very good, but I I had to get better. And I did. I got better in the gym, but to to get to that next level, I got better in front of people. Once you get your physical structured work rate down, you do that in the gym. 
but you learn how to draw money and work a money match and learn how to draw in front of people. The physical end of it, you learn in the gym. You know, you learn in a dojo. You learn in a ring with trainers and, and whatever. As long as you have the right trainer and as long as you have the right young wrestlers around you that may be a little bit older than you, but you don't want the blind leading the blind. That That's the problem. You know what I mean? That That's the problem. I You know, I... I think back in the day, I know because I was around. Man, a lot. It was hard to get booked on some of these shows that were not NWA or that were not WWF or that were not AWA or not world class. See, listen. Let me tell you, people. AWA and world class. Yeah, they might not have been as popular uh, as o- known to be as over as the NWA and the WWF back in the day, or as over as Calgary was you know, uh, the territory, or as over as all Japan was, or New Japan. But I'm telling you right now, from experience, how difficult it was to get booked in the AWA, or get booked in world class. You know, they, they had a lot of really good talent in those companies. And, uh, you know, the thing, the thing is... Uh, uh, Dennis, did you get a chance to uh, to see a lot of that stuff back in the day or not really? Or you watch it back, you don't really – a lot of people I – and mean, if you don't, that's fine. Just be honest. A very little bit amount, not not a lot. Okay. Because, um, look, they, they also had some bad talent too, AWA and world class. So did WWF. Everybody had bad talent. We, everybody still like that. I mean, not, not bad talent. I shouldn't say that. Talent that wasn't as good as other guys on the card. So – Today, and I'll get to that in a second, it's a little harder to be, if you're on TV, it's a little harder to be not that good because you're not going to last. Uh, that's what happens. Um, that's what I respect about today, especially in the, the bigger companies like WWE. You know, look at the girl, uh, the pretty sexy girl with all red. What was her name? They used to play her intro music and she didn't come out. Eva Marie. She's gone. What's her name? Eva Marie. And, you know, she wasn't very good. She's gone. The other girl, Rusev's wife, she's still in the company. She's a great talent, Lana, but she's not great in the ring yet, maybe one day. So remember, they had her wrestle a couple times here and there, but she don't wrestle that much, right or wrong? Not very often on TV, no. I don't think so. I don't think so because they, she's got to get better, and they're probably working with that, working with her on that. <clears throat> the thing is, but they have more invested in her, so they're going to take their time on her, and I don't know how she is behind the scenes compared to even Marie. I mean, I have no idea. But but I would assume Lana's a true pro because she's been in the company a long time. You don't last if you're not a good person and a hard worker, and obviously Lana is. So so the thing is, like, I think that back in the day, I know that back in the day, to get into as a young wrestler, the AWA or world class was fucking hard as shit because Lord knows I tried more than once. <laughs> okay. I could tell you the AWA's address. It was uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, geez, I remember the exact number, but it was on Wazetta Boulevard. Then it's trying to find us for me because they're gone. Wazetta Boulevard. I remember that. Minneapolis, Minnesota. AWA. Oh, God. I don't remember the actual number of the building. I sent so. Well, my, my wife who at the time was my girlfriend. She used to mail the stuff out with me. She probably remembers the name of the act. The, I remember the number of uh, of AWA. It was Wazetta with W. Like it was ten thousand and one. So one zero 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 one. Yeah. Wazetta. 
Wazetta Boulevard, Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> Dude, I remember. Very impressive. How, how bad is that? That just goes to show you people how many friggin' fucking eight by tens and VHS tapes I sent to those motherfuckers. So <laughs> I don't remember who I wrestled at Heat Wave, but I can tell you Wazetta Boulevard. <laughs> Dude, now that's a shoot right there. Oh man, uh, that's in oncology, that's real. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that you, know, you are you are spot on because I couldn't remember, but I remember those because I was on the come up, man. I was trying to get in these other companies. It was hard, and when I was trying to get in AWA, I humbly say I was actually pretty good. I I got better over time, you know, and it was God dog it. It was hard as shit, and I used to get. I was so jealous. Of guys like now at the time they weren't big names, but when they were on to come up, Booker T and uh, and Stevie Ray and Steve Austin. Oh God, let me see some of the names you guys would know. Like because they broke in and came up in Texas, so it was almost like a feeder right into world class. You know what I mean? Like because they didn't have to pay for flights for the guys. I'm trying to get world class. Like uh, dude, we like the way you work, but uh, you live in New York, dude. Uh, you know that's a lot of money to bring you in. Like I, I couldn't understand that concept when I was young, that it cost money. I, I knew it cost money, don't get me wrong. But I couldn't understand that concept that they didn't have the budget. I was a little delusional. Uh, I was a blue-collar street kid, you know, and, and I'm thinking, hey, WWF, they have the same amount of money as AWA. AWA has the same amount of money as World Class. World Class has the same amount of money as, uh, as the NWA. They're all the same. Well, I was wrong. That's not true. Um, even WWF back then, they weren't looking. I had dark matches that were drives, Atlantic City or Rochester, New York, where I had to drive hours. I mean, you know, they weren't flying you in. I mean, unless they loved you and they saw you, uh, that, that, that I wasn't uh, a guy that they were flying in to try out you know, for a dark match. Um, by the way, let me uh, let me read. This is a side note, nothing to do with this topic about the Radio.com app for those listening on the podcast from the UK. Seth tweeted something, Dennis. I don't know if you saw this. Um, Radio.com, this is a quote from tech, uh, from Seth. He goes, uh, Radio.com is aware of the problem with uh, Taz Show Live not being heard internationally. We are working to rectify the situation immediately. We apologize to Taz and all of his fans. Hmm. Okay. Thank you, Seth. <laughs> I, I appreciate him doing that. That was um, ve- that was very political. That was well said. I, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Radio.com is aware of the problem with Tash on Live not being heard internationally. We are working to rectify the situation immediately. We apologize to Taz and all of his fans. He just wanted to say rectify. That's a two dollar word right there. Uh. Uh, I do appreciate him putting something out there. That was that was good. At least he put something out there. I had to rip him on the Twitter. I called him PC Jones. So, <laughs> oh, that's that's like the biggest insult you could give Seth. I know. That's why I did it. Oh, jeez. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, so the thing is, um, right, look, I think back in the day, like I said, I I, I do think it was a little bit harder because it was all about awareness. That's what I'm getting at. So why why did people like me? Send eight by tens and VHS, VHS tapes to Wazetta Boulevard. Why? Why were they trying to get into world class? Why were they trying to get? 
Why would it? Because they were stepping stones to get to the WWF or the NWA. I, I sent all those things to WWF and NWA too. But the reason why, not just because they were stepping stones, the main reason why is because we were trying to get awareness to get in those promotions. Well, today, these young cats, they don't have to do that because they get their awareness on social media, on promoting themselves on social media and building a relationship with fans on social media, which there's a young uh, a young wrestler, okay? Uh, I'll give this guy a shout-out here on the Taz Show. Uh, let me find this tweet here. Um, okay. Ryan, uh, Ryan, I might say his name wrong, Oshan, O-S-H-U-N, at Ryan, O-S-H-U-N. I'm bad at pronunciations. Oshan, how would you say that in last name, Dennis? O-S-H-U-N, uh, yeah, Oshan. Okay, he said, um, he tweeted on November 12th, which was yesterday, at 7.24 p.m. He said, Friday, now I don't, I don't, um, I don't know this, this gentleman. He said, Friday, Taz touched on social media importance. That's why I follow wrestling fans. Shows who I am, exposure, and allows a chance to follow back. In my opinion, it's needed on the independent level where you don't have a million-dollar company promoting you, thanks to those that follow. And I uh, retweeted this this morning. This is a young cat who gets it. Okay? This guy here is exactly what I'm talking about. He's smart. And not just him. There are so many guys and girls uh, on 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 the come up, driving up, coming up in the business that are doing just what Ryan's doing. Okay? That's smart. Back in my day, if you communicate with fans outside the arena, talk to them at the hotel, like I'm not saying it never happened. Don't, don't let me get me wrong. I don't want to exaggerate here. That, that was almost like you were looked at as like you're a mock. Like you, you shouldn't do that. You're above the fans. Don't communicate with the fans. You're above them. And if you act like you're on their level, well, why should they pay to see you? That's the attitude, folks, how it was back in the day. Trust me. That's changed. And and I think it's good that it's changed. And that's that's how it should be. You should embrace the fans, um, especially on social media if you can. I'm not saying I mean it's hard for especially, you know, guys that and girls that are in, on, on bigger levels than so many independent wrestlers because they have so many followers to communicate with everybody. But you should try to uh, in, in you know interact with your fan base i know since i've had a twitter account for so many years back uh, when it started i i try my best always to do that i try my best to interact with fans on social media the best i can and i'm 50 years old and i'm not wrestling every anytime soon so uh, i'm just saying it's important it's important to do that i was doing that like i remember like in tna when i was a commentator everybody was ripping and burying tna um you know I would go on social media and interact with them. Listen, you know, and I would defend TNA and everybody was working hard. I would do that just to interact. And I had somebody in TNA say, dude, why are you even, why are you tweeting at the fans? You know, I'm not going to name who this person was. They're marks. Who cares what they say? I'm like, yo, dude, <laughs> they pay the bills. I care what they say. You should care what they say. <laughs> I'm a mark. <laughs> Come on. What are we doing here? So, uh, young wrestlers, um, you know, interacting with their fans on social media is 
phenomenal and it's so smart and it's the way it should be and at times you see wwe wrestlers do the same i think a lot of wwe wrestlers are gun shy they're a little nervous because the office can get upset with them if they say too much to a fan they'd rather uh, uh, one of their talents interact with a fan than someone who used to work for the company or a wrestler or a personality from the wrestling business that's not in the company that too is an archaic old school way of thinking i think wwe needs to revisit one day because, you know, they act like uh, once someone, okay, Bobby Roode, for example. Bobby Roode is getting a big push, and he's he's a huge star in WWE, and he should be. Uh, and he should be a bigger star, and I'm sure they'll get him to that level. But for so many years, Bobby Roode had so much success in the business, and WWE never even acknowledged his existence. That's just one guy. And I understand why WWE didn't do that. It wasn't that they don't respect Bobby or like him. He wasn't part of their system. So they never acknowledged his existence. None of their talent ever acknowledges it. This is just Bobby. You can say the same about AJ Styles, Eric Young, Samoa Joe, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. You can go down the list. Okay? That they didn't, but, but once they're in a company, oh, my God, they're the greatest thing in the world. Oh, my God, the history of this guy. Oh, what this guy has done all over the world. He's been a star all over the world. Yes, that's all true. But for the longest time, you people never even acknowledge these people. And if WWE truly is the hood ornament of the business, which I feel they are, and I know Vince McMahon feels they are, and they are, and that doesn't just mean the most money and the most TV penetration and the most brand awareness. What that means is you have to embrace the business sometimes. That doesn't mean promote other companies. I understand that. But you know what? And I think Triple H gets this because he's been doing it with the independent scene. Give some love once in a while to the guys and girls that are out there that are awesome, that maybe potentially could be on your in your company one day. And it's not going to hurt WWE's business if they promote somebody. WWE is so far ahead of all these other promotions that it don't matter. It don't matter. They can't. They, it's not. It, no one's taking them down for our lifetime. It ain't happening. <laughs> I got to go to break here in a second. Uh, I'm going to try and talk some football in the next quarter. Um, and also, I, I was not awareness, awareness, aware of this. But um, today, I believe, uh, unless I'm reading this incorrectly, um, Eddie Guerrero uh, had passed away. I believe it was 12 years ago. I believe that's what I'm seeing. I'm bad with years and timestamps. So I'd like to uh, talk about Eddie a little bit on the other side of the break. The late, great Eddie Guerrero, uh, old friend of mine and uh, a guy who I miss and, um, you know, got a chance to wrestle against and uh, with many times and share a locker room with. And, and uh, I'll do that on the other side of the break. All right, Tash Show, sit tight, guys. Got me that chip. Hear like a hissing. You got me. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> Sometimes I hear things like in my head. Bad. Like I hear things that are not there. Ah, <sighs> is that bad? That's not I good. I know. Well, it's a Monday edition of Tash. It doesn't matter. I'm here. Streaming, streaming. Body sends me on. 
Anyway, that's a deal. Um, so, did you see this? Um, I swear Eddie Guerrero's name was trending, and then I didn't realize, you know, I'm bad with anniversaries and dates and all that. And I don't know if you saw it, Dennis, it's 12 years since um, since the passing of Eddie. That's what it seems like, uh, unless I'm reading the year. Is it 12? Is it 12? It is 12 years, correct? Is that what you're seeing, too? Yes. You are not bad with years right now. All right. Well, in the past, I have been. And I'm sure I will be in the future. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, um, look, Eddie uh, was... I've talked about Eddie a lot on the show over time since I've been doing the show, close to 500 episodes. Every once in a while, I'll obviously tell, remember something about Eddie. I mean, Eddie, so many of us uh, wrestlers, especially during that 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 generation, uh, which was a great generation of such great talents, uh, so many guys and, and girls that were really good. But Eddie, um, Eddie touched a lot of us. I mean, Eddie, uh, you know, had something to do with a lot of our lives uh, as wrestlers, as competitors, and. Um, you know, this guy was unbelievable, man. <laughs> you just can't, you can't explain it. He was just, uh, God, he was as good as you people see that he was. You know what I mean? Like, I can't put it in words. You know, I've, I've told the story many times about, uh, about when I broke my neck, um, on the show here. I don't know if I've ever said it. Well, Dad, did you ever hear the story? Did I ever tell it while you were on the show? Do you know the story? Uh, I think you've you've told me off air. I don't know if you said it on air. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I've said it on air. I've talked about. It. I don't. I didn't know if I said it on air while you were part of the show. That's what I'm saying. Right. No. I don't know. If, you know but I told you off air, so it doesn't matter. So, yeah. I went. Look. Bottom line is Eddie was my um, Eddie and I were tag team partners in Fort Lauderdale when I broke my neck. And as a wrestler, the first and maybe there's some new listeners of the show, or you know. So I'll just say the story real quick. I mean. We were wrestling Fort Lauderdale. It was ECW. Uh, right when I got out of the Tasmania gimmick, I started doing the. Uh, it was just the very beginnings of the Taz gimmick. T A Z. No Tasmaniac. No fur. No crazy hair. And um, I was trying to find who I was. Paul Heyman was trying to find who I was. And Eddie and I were a tag team. We were baby faces, and we weren't like a big, huge push team. But Paul tagged us up on the loop, as you say it against uh, Two Cold Scorpio and Dean Malenko. And we wrestled them a bunch in a lot of different spots. And um, the heat during the match was on me. And I was going to make the tag to Eddie, as you insiders call it, the hot tag to Eddie. Because Eddie Guerrero was a better babyface than me. And his, his comeback was phenomenal, awesome. So, you know, get the heat on me, even though I sold like shit. But, you know, <laughs> uh, at least get the heat on me. Uh, and Because uh, in a perfect world, we have the heat get put on Eddie. And Eddie blow to come back, which is impossible because you can't do both. So, uh, <laughs> but but Eddie was that good that he could. He was just better than me on every level. He was just phenomenal, you know. So uh, he was better than a lot of us, not just me. But <clears throat> so um, I got hurt during the heat uh, with Scorpio. It was my fault uh, on a spike pile driver. That's well documented. And I really couldn't move. And um, and the first thing I thought about, which most wrestlers think about when you get hurt during a match, is basically the first thing that comes across your mind is. How am I going to finish this match? Oh, my God, what about the match? It's all about the show. It's all about the match. Um, and then Eddie got himself in there, and basically everything that we thought we were going to do in this match, we threw out the window because I was laying on the apron, shot. I couldn't do a damn thing. I couldn't stand. I couldn't do nothing. And Eddie, uh, I knew I was hurt bad. Scorpio and Dean knew I was hurt bad. Ref knew I was hurt bad. 
And Eddie Guerrero knew I was hurt bad. And Eddie basically worked the rest of that match by himself and did everything and saved everything in that match. And it wasn't some big pushed match, but in that moment, that match was huge to the four of us. We wanted to have a good match. And um, thanks to Eddie, that happened. Um, Eddie, I've, you know, like I said, tagged with him in the past. I've wrestled against him uh, on a lot of different house shows in WWE uh, when we were both in WWE, like probably around 2000 or 2001, or very early goings. I came into WWE, then the the, the, the radicals came in and, 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 and all this. And then Eddie uh, was getting pushed to... Eddie evolved and started getting pushed in. During that time, there was a lot of us that, you know, we weren't as big as a lot of these guys. Like, Eddie was not a huge guy. You know, Eddie and I were probably the same height. Um, but Eddie was a guy who, any opportunity he got, he didn't just make it work. But he exploded with it. And, um, and I think that's a lot of reasons with Eddie. I think it was because of his talent, obviously. I think it's because he was very, very intelligent. And that's what I don't think a lot of people realize how smart of a guy he truly was, like how intelligent. His feel and knack and instincts for the industry and for the show, for the promo, the story, the physical part of the match, fucking guy was unbelievable one of the best I've ever been around in my my career. And that's the truth. And the other thing with Eddie, the reason why that all plays into what I just said about him by putting him over, it's his it's his family's history in the industry. This guy grew up in the business as a kid. So for him, this was this was his family's body of work. The professional wrestling industry, the show, the show, S H O W was the Guerrero family credo. It was a, it, they, they were a wrestling family and a successful one at that. Um, everything. His family, his brothers, his father, everybody. Just just unbelievable. Just the, the, the Guerreros. I mean, it's well documented. Um, so all of that played into, you know, Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie's work ethic in the gym is another thing that a lot of people don't talk about. You can see his physique. Uh, when he was at the pinnacle of his push, he was just a ripped monster, muscular machine. And I trained with Eddie a few times in my career with Eddie in WWE. Uh, a lot of us would train. There was a there was a group of us that would go work out at different times where together with pens on a loop. And it was you know it was a combination of uh, me and Perry Saturn, Guerrero. Malenko, Benoit, we'd all kind of, we, we're not all the time training together. Jericho was part part of into training with a lot of, we'd all loop around, or we were kind of all in that same age bracket, uh, similar in that we had something in common that none of us were six foot nine, you know, and at that time the big, big motherfuckers were like getting the monster pushes. Uh, but, you know, so with that that crew, like we, we all spent time together, obviously in ECW, so we all, and a lot of those guys knew each other better than I knew. That like Malenko, all his time in Japan, uh, with uh, with Chris and Eddie and stuff, and then in WCW the connection that Perry made with them, and and Jericho worked in Japan with those guys, and I knew Jericho from way back in ECW, and, Chris, and we all kind of just knew each other, and we're all friends, and but yet we worked hard against each other when we worked, you know, and um, there were other guys that were in that in that same. Uh, there was a few other guys that were 
kind of part of in that not a click. Well, I wasn't in no click. I was. I can't say I was in a click with those guys, but I know um, I've spent some time in the gym with Eddie Guerrero, and I can just tell you um, that guy trained hard, and he was no joke. Okay, he was a strong dude, and he put a lot of time in the gym. Um, and I remember when I got out of the ring, and Eddie now was soaring as a, a star, as a wrestler in WWE. And I remember as a color commentator working with Michael Cole, and Eddie and I would sit down before, like hours before his matches, and, and he would just, I'd see him like in catering, you know, at, at a SmackDown taping. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, what's up, bro? He'd go, hey, Taz, what's up, man? He goes, hey, can we sit down later on? You know, can we just, you know, this would happen almost every Tuesday. <laughs> we sit down and just talk, you know, just I just want to kind of give you where my head is at with the character and what I'm looking to do. I, yeah, bro, no problem, man. And we would just sit and talk and shoot the shit. And, and I would take notes and just listen to Eddie where, where his head was, you know. And there, there were a few guys, wrestlers during that time that, um, that I would, that would do that with me when I was a color commentator. Uh, and Eddie Guerrero was one of them. Um, there was only a couple that would come up and do that. Because they, Eddie, understood, like a couple of these other guys, that the commentator, and I say it all the time, are the last extension, the last voice to the audience, which is vital. You need that 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 guy selling you. You need, if you own Ford or Chrysler or Mercedes-Benz or BMW, you, you may, you, if you're a general manager of a big showroom, you need your salesman, your car salesman. They're the last pitch to the audience. You can run TV spots and spend all this money on TV spots. You can run radio spots, meaning promotion. At the end of the day, you need your salesman and saleswomen to be locked in to sell those cars. Well, at the end of the day, that's what color commentators and play-by-play guys are. They're, they're salesmen. They're car salesmen. They're, cars, uh, they're saleswomen. You know, salespeople, I should say. You know, so Eddie understood that. Undertaker understood that. You know, uh, they, they, they understood that, you know, uh, and they would talk to me. I, I'm sure JR could tell you a couple more guys that would talk to him. I'm sure Steve Austin had a lot of conversations with JR during that time. I know when I was a wrestler, I had tons of conversations with Joey Styles to help. And it's not a conversation like this. Say this about me. Get me over this way. It's not like that. It's overviews of the character and who I'm trying to promote. Or well, Eddie knew who he was. He knew who Latino Heat was. He knew. And he would talk with me um, to help, you know, sell this, promote this, explain this to the audience for when he wasn't doing a promo or for what he couldn't do. And it helped me do my job. And good God, I could tell you, one of the easiest guys to call their matches was Eddie Guerrero. Because he was just so damn good in the ring. Uh, it was so easy to just... He didn't have to get him over. He got himself over. Shit. I mean, like, he was just so good. But to know the backstory of where his brain was and his conversations with the creative team and Vince and for Eddie just to, to sit with me all of those Tuesdays, so many of them, <laughs> and, and, and share with me his brain, what he was thinking, each and every Tuesday, for me to sound like I knew what the hell I was talking about to get him over. Because he didn't need me to get him over. He got over. He didn't need me. Shit, that's for sure. I'm just saying when I say get him over, I mean get over the story. Um, you know, it, it was, I miss that. I miss, you know, there's a lot about color commentary I miss, but I do miss conversations with Eddie. 
Um, I miss Eddie and Jared in general. Eddie was just was just a spectacular guy. Forget about the wrestler that we all know he was, and the superstar he was. But he was a family man. He was loved his kids and his wife, and um, he just he was a just a, a just a good dude, man. Just a good dude. Just really just a good guy. I wrestled. I mean, we wrestled. Last time I wrestled Eddie, I think it was in Champaign. Uh, it was at University of Illinois. Uh, the fight in the water. Is that in Champagne, Dennis? It is, right? Champagne or Banya. So, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think that's, the, I believe. Eddie and I wrestled a house show for WWE against each other there. I may have been the last time I actually wrestled Eddie. And God, we had fun. Um, <laughs> uh, I pissed him off during the match, too, and he fucking tattooed me with a punch. But uh, <laughs> we laughed, but, you know, I knew I pissed him off, but it was, uh, you know, it happened. We used to, you know, guys would do that back then. You'd kind of test each other a little bit, but not, not mean-spirited, you know, just like goofing around, you know. And, um, ah, whatever. It, look, man, Champagne, right? Is that that University of Illinois? Yes, it's in Urbana-Champagne, so. Okay. So, um, I don't know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that, about Eddie and, 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 uh, He's resting in peace, and he's looking down, and sure, he's proud of his kids and his family, and and you know, and the wrestling industry uh, is still rocking and rolling, and he loved the business. He loved to wrestle. You know, he loved it. He loved his family's tradition. He loved. Um, you know, a cool thing for me too was during my time in TNA, um, talking at times during the day with Hector Guerrero, Eddie's brother one of his older brothers, and Hector was the color commentator for Spanish broadcast for TNA while I was the English color commentator. Um, even though Hector probably spoke, spoke better English than me, but uh, but anyway, um, and Hector, uh, just hearing him talk about Eddie and just, because he knew Eddie and I were friends, and you know, and we would talk, and uh, God, it just, you know, Eddie was not just he's obviously loved by the fans all over the world but he was loved by his family immensely so um i missed him i think you guys could hear it in my voice so i did not even uh and this is no disrespect to eddie guerrero his legacy i i like i said i'm not good with remembering stuff like this i just saw his name was trending i'm like why is eddie's name trending and then then i saw it was the 12th year his, his passing uh anniversary or whatever you want to call it but and i remember that day um at that show, I was there. I was in the same uh, hotel uh, where Eddie was found. Um, I was, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was rough for uh, so many of us at the arena because we didn't know details until we really were at the arena. A lot. We were all. The bulk of us were at the same hotel, and. Um, Jeez, I think it was in Minneapolis, right? Can you check that, yeah, please? Yeah, it, it was Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not looking at a computer right now. I'm just sitting down talking to you guys about Eddie. I don't want to. I just rather just talk organically, real from my heart. And um, and I remember um, that was that was like we were like, what the fuck? Just shocked, you know. Um, it's crazy crazy yeah but he was a he was a spectacular guy just really good guy so keep eddie guerrero in your thoughts in your mind in your wrestling minds and 
Hopefully WWE. I wouldn't be shocked if they do something, and they should. They maybe do some kind of a package for Eddie um, tonight. He was a huge star there, and uh, for WWE, and I know Vince loved Eddie. So did Triple H. So did Stephanie. Everybody loved Eddie. They loved him. They loved him. It was a lot to love. He was a great guy. It really was. Don't piss him off in the ring, though. I'll tell you that from experience. So <laughs> he was a tough hombre. So, <laughs> but man, God, I miss him. He's a good guy. Good guy. And there's a lot of people that can talk about Eddie. I mean, you know, I don't promote other podcasts and stuff. I don't. But there are a lot of guys that, like a Chris Jericho, I'm sure Chris will have something to say about Eddie. He knew Chris. He might have known Eddie better than me. I think Chris did know Eddie better than me, to be honest. So, so if Eddie, if Chris says something, um, I'm sure you guys might want to listen to what Chris says about Eddie if he puts it in one of his podcasts. Um, I know Steve Austin knew Eddie. I don't know how well. Yeah, he knew Eddie. I, a lot of guys. I mean, everybody. I mean, Jr. Obviously, Jim Ross. You know. Um, so uh, we should all pay tribute to Eddie. He was uh, just a great, no, great guy. Not just a great star. He was a great guy. Good-hearted guy. Good dude. So there's a lot of people out there with podcasts, wrestling personalities, former wrestlers like myself that knew Eddie. And, you know, I'm sure you want to hear what a lot of them have to say. You guys should listen to that because everybody's going to have a different perspective. But I guarantee the overtone of Eddie from everybody is how great he was as a performer and how great he was as a guy. So... So, but it was, uh, you know, it was fun calling his his matches. That I can assure you. <laughs> it was fun. It was, uh, you had to pay attention. He did some, especially with that Latino heat stuff, the lie, cheating, and stealing. Dude, I never wanted to be told what was going to happen. I wanted to always react organically with stuff. But some of the stuff that Eddie did with the lie, cheating, and stealing, he, I'm he, like, I'm like, Eddie, you got to smart me up, bro. He's, he would just laugh. He's like, nah, bro, just follow. I go, dude, I got Vince yelling in my ear. I got to listen to Michael Cole. I go, don't kayfabe me here, dude. He would just laugh at me, you know? <laughs> Crazy, bro. And he'd just, like, walk away. Like, <laughs> No, you didn't answer my question, man. <laughs> I'm like, yo. And then he would give me, like, little tidbits and tell me a little bit about what he was going to do, just a little bit, so I could tell the story. And then... Then some of the stuff that with the high, with the spots of him, the lie cheating and stealing spots, they were so intricate. Some of them. Then he had to tell me, like, which was funny, you know. And I, I would bust his chops because sometimes I act like I didn't. Well, what do we mean? Are you gonna do it again? Jesus, bro, why don't you get me, man? He gets so pissed, like, you know. <laughs> and I would just, I was, bro, I'm ripping, you know, get hot. He would just laugh at me and hug me, you know, like he, he was. That's how he was. He was, you know, he was just really. Uh... The, the one thing I also want to say about Eddie, like. Obviously, you don't get that. You don't become that successful if you're not passionate about what you do. We know that, right? So we know Eddie's passion. That's that's a foregone conclusion. We we all know that. You didn't have to be in the ring to know that. You could just you know be a wrestling fan and realize that Eddie Guerrero was extremely passionate about his craft. But the thing that he was was that I don't think a lot of people will talk about or maybe know. He was extremely hard on himself. If stuff didn't go the way he thought it should go, or if the people didn't react the way he was hoping they would react, yo, he would get so mad at himself. He really would. 
Um, and, and that really showed even more of his passion, you know? So he, he truly cared and he would be, he was a deep thinker backstage. A lot of times he wasn't laughing and goofing around. He was thinking, he was always thinking he was ultra competitive. He wanted to be better than everybody. I, I'm telling you, I've experienced this with him as a tag team partner, as an opponent and as a color commentator talking about him. So, uh, you know, this guy was a special, special talent who truly cared about the business, his performance, and people he worked with. So, uh, yeah, he was, yeah, he was, uh, he was something. He was something. So, you know what? I'm not going to get into NFL. I'm going to actually wrap the show up. I don't think it's uh, respectful to, towards Eddie to get in talking about the NFL right now. Uh, so, I'm going to just wrap this up. So, uh, so that's the deal. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Talked a lot about war games then and now. Some thoughts on that. And obviously Eddie Guerrero. And, uh, and uh, you know, so uh, that's the deal. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll talk some raw. And I hope you guys have a great day and a great week. And uh, thank you for supporting the show. And again, I apologize for posting the UK with the live stream. Radio.com is trying to rectify it. Fix it. So hang in there, please. I apologize. And I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed the show and thanks again yeah. for the support. Close yeah. guest tomorrow. Said I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world. I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man. They move. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same Cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up I wanna go back to days with no grades We ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page But these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now I've been wondering where the party at Cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at drink just to get away we gotta live it up carolina here to stay i'm hoping i won't let you go Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 25th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com.